Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Turn your Bibles to Titus. Man, this is like rumbling. I feel it. I feel powerful this morning. Yeah. Um, Titus chapter 1 is where we'll be, and if you want to follow along, you can follow along in the outline that's in your bulletin. Um, Just right out the gate, I want to say thank you to um, Woody for uh, preaching last week. Would you you give Woody a a hand clap of appreciation? Um, Did a phenomenal job. And we're in the middle of a series, so we're walking through the entire book of Titus. And when I say entire, I mean all three chapters. So um, we are in week three. We have two more weeks after this. And uh, the first week, we realized, just to give you some background, there's a guy named Paul, there's a guy named Timothy, and a guy named Titus, okay? They are traveling around. They're starting new churches, The church is exploding. The gospel is going forward. And when I say the gospel, I mean that Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came to save you. So, as they're starting these churches in different areas, they start trying to form a church in this island called Crete. And Paul and Timothy left Titus there. And he's going to kind of oversee this process in Crete. And they move on to Ephesus. Now, the, there came some word. Have you ever been caught up in a rumor? Was it true? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. Um, a lot of rumors aren't true. Some of them are. Well, some rumors got to Paul that they were having issues at church. And I don't know if you've ever been in a church with issues. But if there are people in it. You're going to have them. Um, that we'll have them here. They have them up the street. So if you're looking for the perfect church, you haven't found it yet. If you're visiting today, I want you to come back because I believe God is doing big and great things here. But do not expect us to be anything other than sinners that are saved by grace. Sinners that have been redeemed by the blood of Christ and are all new and still trying to figure it out. So, there are issues in this new church in Crete, and uh, Paul sends Titus this letter, and Titus has two objectives. He is to appoint leaders, we found this out the first week, he's to appoint leaders and to correct false teaching. So, he's going to appoint some structure, he's going to build some framework, he's going to expose bad teaching, and then he is going to give them pretty much half of the book is this is what good teaching is. This is what it means to not only say I believe in Jesus, but to behave like it. 
I will not tell you today that if you behave right, you get saved. I can't tell you that uh, because the Bible tells us that salvation is a gift of God, not of works. That way no one can boast about it. But when you genuinely have an encounter with Jesus, everybody say Jesus. When you genuinely have an encounter with Jesus, there is a trickle effect we call it sanctification. You're justified right there at the beginning. Justified just means you're made right with God. But there's this, and then at the end, there's this glorification. Look, there is an end to all this. And our bodies are going to be glorified. We're going to get to hang out and, and, and worship Christ in his fullness, in his presence directly. In between justification and glorification, there is sanctification. And it is messy, and it is not pretty. It is the process by which we look more and more like Jesus. And if you have a genuine encounter with Jesus, there, your behavior is going to start lining up with it. And the problem in Crete was, people were saying, I believe in Jesus, their behavior was not following. Ever had that problem? Can I tell you something? I've had that problem. Where I've said, hey, I go to church, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower, and then act like the devil. And then, then lie on my friends and do things I should not. Don't look at me with all your proud faces. Oh my Lord, can we get out of here any faster? So he had two objectives. Bible belief, gospel belief should precede gospel behavior. We should look more like Jesus the more we're doing this thing. And, and, and so last week we talked about leadership. The first thing he had to do was set up leadership in the church because it was all over the place. And, and, and we talked about right leadership will equal a healthy church. And that wrong leadership, the church will, will decline. Now, no leadership, the same thing will happen. And that the primary role of elders... In the church is to ensure the right gospel is going forward. The, my primary job here, have you ever wondered what a pastor does? Well, I can tell you outside of this, I cut the grass here with some help with my friends. I, I go and visit. I do lots of different things as a pastor. But my primary job is to make sure you are hearing the word of God proclaimed in its truth. And that false gospels don't run away with the church. Um, so everybody say false teaching. There are a lot of fun things to preach on and that I can get excited about. Jesus saving souls, that is exciting. There's nothing more exciting to me than to see someone go from not knowing Jesus to knowing him and being completely changed. There's nothing more beautiful. That's exciting. I, I could preach that right now. But that's not where we're at in Titus. And so what this forces me to do is teach. I, I don't want to be the false teaching guy. All the pastors are known for lots of things. Benny Hinn's known for people falling over in the floor. Uh, Joel Olstein, he's known for being happy. I don't want to be known as the false teaching guy. 
but I've got to preach it to you because it's in here. And so if it's in here, it's got to be important. So what is false teaching? Well, and, and why is it important? So everybody turn to the person next to you and say, why is this important? Let me tell you why it's important. False teaching means that um, they are teaching something that is not in here. They are teaching something that is not God's word. Um, and I typically, false teaching, false gospels, I put into two categories. Now this isn't in your notes. But there's like doctrinal false teaching. So that would be um, adding works to salvation. So I have to do this, this, and this to earn his love and favor. That is false. Um, that I have to be baptized to be saved. Do you know there's people that teach that? That is false. It's not, not in scripture. Um, if I'm more good than bad, Jesus will let me in. People teach that. And that is false. It's, it's not true. And then, so that's doctrinal. There's just, in order to be saved, I've got to do this, that, and the other. There's that camp. But then, I think the broader church has this problem with false teaching. And it is the false teaching of overemphasis. And so you might watch TV and there's a preacher on there and, and, and all he preaches about is how God loves you. Yeah, he died on the cross. He did all these things. But he did all that because he wants to bless you and multiply you and give you a fat bank account. And that if you're, look, if you're not giving right and you're not being a good guy, then God's just, he's not going to bless you at all. He's going to curse you. Now hear me. That is an overemphasis. Does God want to bless you? Absolutely. Will God enhance your finances? He sure will. But that is not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus Christ. And so you get this prosperity gospel. You've probably heard that. There's other overemphasis. Um, D.A. Carson actually said, um, "If all heresy is is truth taking out of proportion." Stretched and stretched and stretched. Um, in 2019, what we see a lot of is, is the social gospel. Have you ever heard, heard, heard of the social gospel? This means that, and this, the problem here is you have Jesus Christ, okay, and what he does in your heart. Hear me today. Look at me. Jesus changes things when he enters your heart. Things are different. Now, listen. That causes an effect the effect, a lot of people, once they know Jesus this way, they want to see Jesus doing things this way. So they, they want to see poor people fed. They want to see, and all these are good things. But can I tell you that that's not the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. We cannot connect or, or, or we cannot merge together the effects of the gospel versus what the gospel is. We can't make the effects the actual gospel. The, pro the reason this is important, the why this is important, is because you can find yourself down a road that has nothing to do with Jesus. I come from a Pentecostal background. You've showed up to a Baptist church. So let me tell you what that means for me. I've been in all types of environments where I've seen the Holy Spirit do beautiful things. 
I have also been in environments, and, and, and if you don't know what a Pentecostal or charismatic church is, that's where they dance with flags and they fall on the floor. You've heard all the, all the synonyms, things that go along with it. I have also seen in my 31 years of being raised in the charismatic movement, this, this picture, and this is the picture, that people pursue the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit more than they pursue Jesus. Like Jesus is no longer in the mix. They, they pursue not Christ, but they pursue other things. And so if you go down this road of false gospels and false teaching, the problem here in Crete is that and we'll read it here together in just a moment. The problem was they were teaching things that were not right. And so people, were, it was actually disrupting families and homes. So let's, let's dive into this together. Uh, Titus chapter 1. We're going to start here. And let's start in 9. If you don't have a Bible, there's a, a, pew, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. Verse 9 says, he must, talking about elders, he must be a uh, strong, must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and hear this, and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. So here we find the reason we talked about elders is because they need to expose false teaching. Verse 10, here we go into today's message. For there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. They must be silenced because they are turning whole families away from the truth by their false teaching. And they do it only for money. Even one of their own men, a prophet from Crete, has said about them, the people of Crete are all liars, cruel animals, lazy gluttons. Verse 13, this is true. So reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith. They must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth. Everything is pure. Verse 15, to those whose hearts are pure. But nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds uh, are, and consciences are corrupted. If you highlight in your Bible, I want you to highlight or underline this next verse. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient worthless for doing anything good. Can you say strong language? Yeah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Would you allow your word today to plant in our hearts, plant in our minds, so that we leave here closer to you, looking more like you. And we'll give you all the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said. So, Titus, can you imagine reading this letter? What a daunting task. Have you ever walked, okay, let me, maybe some of you haven't ever been around sinful folk, but I'll just tell you, I, I, I used to, I used to be, be one, and uh, I, I, I hang around them frequently. Um, and I say this often as well. 
if you don't have sinners in your life, if you're not around them, how do you expect to, to introduce anybody to Jesus? Um, you don't become a Christian just so you can hang out with Christian people. You become a Christian so others can know the message that your, your life now brings. Um, but I have walked, I, I got a call from a buddy one time, or this was in college. He calls me, um, had some slurred speech, talking about rainbows and, and corn chips. I mean, just weird conversation. He had obviously been drinking, which he was known for. He was a heavy drinker. He said him and a bunch of guys that were pastoral ministry majors along with me, they were all drunk at this guy's house. And so he says, can you come pick us up? I said, no problem. I'll come get you. I'll bail you out. Have you ever tried to lasso drunk folk? I assume most of you have not. So I'm, let me tell you, it's not easy. It's not easy. They're belligerent. They're, one of them got angry when he was drunk, and the, and the rest of them were pretty happy when they were drunk. But it was a task. When I walked through the door, and these guys were just waiting at the door for me, leaned up against the wall, barely eyes open, it was a daunting task. It was a task I was not ready for. I imagine that's Titus reading this letter. He has to confront an entire nation of churches. An entire nation, an entire island of Christians. He has to wrangle all this false teaching in. The false teaching we talked about at the beginning is all over the U.S. Prosperity gospels, social gospels, uh, overemphasis on wrong things. I mean, they're good things in there in pursuit of Jesus. So don't, understand, don't, don't misunderstand. False teaching can be easily slipped into with good intentions. But Titus had a daunting task. And, and Paul, right out the gate here in verse 10, says there are many rebellious people. These people don't want to submit to anything. So there are some markers here that you can write down. If, if, if we're looking for people who are, um, who are false teachers, this is what you need to look out for. One, they're rebellious. This is not in my notes, so um, you, you can just write this down. The very first thing Paul says is they're rebellious. So they, they don't want to submit to anybody. Um. The other thing he says, rebellious people who engage in useless talk or empty talk. Empty talkers. You know any empty talkers? Here's how you tell an empty talker. They will preach, they will preach from a pulpit or they'll, they'll spew a bunch of stuff out to you and two things will happen. One, you won't remember a daggone thing they said. You won't remember anything. The other thing is, because that could be a poor communicator. The other thing that will, find, that will happen with empty talkers is that there's no substance or truth in it. So these people will preach, 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 and then nothing changes about the people they're preaching to. 
They're useless talkers and they deceive others. So do you think we're talking to believers or unbelievers here? Who's Paul talking to? He's talking to believers. He's talking to believers. Because what we'll find later on here is that you reprimand them sturdy to make them strong in the faith. So these people are in the faith and are headed down bad roads of belief. Bad roads of belief. They're deceptive. As we continue here in verse 11, it says, um, this, well, right here at the end of verse 10, this is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. So let me explain what that means. Do I need to go into detail here about what circumcision is, or are we all on the same plate? Okay, we'll leave it alone. Some of you have never heard the word circumcision from the pulpit. Welcome to Transformation Church. In the Bible, um, there were Gentiles and Jews. Okay, so if you weren't Jew, you were Gentile. That's, let me just put it plainly that way. Simple. The Jews who came to know Jesus and recognize him as the Messiah and Lord, what there, be, there became a teaching. There was this wrestle because they used to live a certain way. They had to do this, 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 and this to make God happy with them, to be accepted by God. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like I need to get all this right for Jesus to love me and can I tell you that there are no boxes you can check today that would make you, Jesus love you any more than he already does. But there was this group, and it was called the circumcision party. And can I tell you, circumcision is no party. That was the only joke I got. Okay, that's it. I'm done. There was an entire group of Jews that were saying, okay, yeah, Jesus is who he says he is, but you still Gentiles need to be circumcised to be a Christian. You have to obey Mosaic law. Now consider for a moment people who are not Jewish. They come to know Jesus and then some guy comes up to them with a pair of scissors and says, here we go. If you want to know Jesus, this is how we do it. Look, there were people turning away from the truth of Christ because a group of people added things that were not in the gospel. Why are we talking about this? Because people will turn away from the truth of knowing Jesus because we preach it wrong. It's important that they know Christ. It's important that they know Jesus. And that's why we have to get this right because if I preach from the pulpit that you're going to get saved and God's going to grow your bank account and then he doesn't, what are people going to do? They're going to say, oh, well, I guess Christ wasn't who he said he was. And so they were literally telling people, you have to be circumcised to be saved. They must be silent, Paul says. From, from, um, they must be silenced because they are turning whole families away from the truth. So they're rebellious, they're empty talkers, they're deceptive, and hurt follows. If you've ever met anyone that's been hurt by the church, um, this is what happens when we get off of Jesus. 
when we move away from Jesus to other things and leave him to the side, will I preach that God has a heart to bless you and prosper you? Yes, I will. But am I going to leave Jesus to the side and taking up your cross and denying yourself to get there? No, I will not. This is, the, this is the importance of false teaching. This is why we have to be on the lookout for it. And look what happens. So they're turning whole families away. Verse 12, even one of their own, um, well, at the end of verse 11, let me not miss this, and they do it only for the money. You can, the very first thing that will point out a false teacher is they have wrong motives. They're trying to get a big paycheck. They're trying to get people to love them. I can't tell you how many preachers get into the ministry because they just want to be propped up. And you know why I can say that? I went to school with a ton of them at Lee University. My first year at Lee University, we had the halls packed with pastoral ministry majors. After the first semester, half of them changed their majors because they were there for the wrong reasons. They were doing it with wrong motives. They were after some money. The last thing, the last marker, we actually find um, at, the, at the end of chapter 1, and it's that their talk doesn't match their walk. Uh, such people claim to know God, and then they deny Him by the way they live. People that preach prosperity oftentimes live in quite a bit of abundance themselves. And I'm not saying that pastors aren't allowed to make a living wage. That's not what I'm saying. Am I, am I saying that pastors aren't allowed to flourish? No, I'm not saying that. But there is a certain type of false teacher that will preach one thing and live another. There's a certain type of Christian and I don't want you pointing at anybody this morning, but there's a certain type of Christian that will talk all day long about Jesus Christ. And when you see them outside of here, you couldn't recognize Jesus if he slapped you in the face by the way they live. Paul even goes on to say, even one of their own, pro uh, even one of their own men, a prophet in Crete, has said to them, the people of Crete are all liars, cruel animals, lazy guns. I'm not going to call you any of those names today, but Paul was very poignant with Titus about these people. If you went to Corinth back in the Bible, they were known for all their sexual sin. Okay, if you, if you were, uh, I don't know what the plurality of that would be, but if you were from Corinth, if you said, hey, I'm from Corinth, people would be like, oh, you live over there with all those heathens. If you were from Crete... They would call you a liar. Uh, historically speaking, they were known to stay drunk all the time. And they would just lie. Everything they did. You, to Cretize meant you're a liar. If you, you're just like them Cretans. You're a liar. And notice something. You notice what Paul opens with here in chapter 1? And back in verse 2 he said, This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie. Why do you think he said that? To contrast God and the world around them. There should be a contrast. Look at me. If you look like the world, 
How is anybody going to believe Jesus is who he says he is? Am I, so, so let me, there's this, there's this dance I got to do up here. Because one, on one hand, can I just be transparent with you? On one hand, I've got to preach the truth of the gospel. And the truth of the gospel is that when Jesus enters your heart for real, things change. There is fruit born out of that. All of a sudden, I'm less angry. I only cuss when I stub my toe at night. You know, those kind of things. They, it's gradual. <laughs> y'all are crazy. Look, y'all act like y'all never stubbed your toe at night. And you say what you say because you know nobody's around. It's a work in progress. But on the other hand, listen to me. I do not want you to leave here today and think, man, I am not getting it all right. So... I must not know Jesus. Look, I am not getting it right. I repent daily for my transgressions against the Lord. And you think, oh, have you, you know, what kind of big sins are you into? It doesn't have to be big. It could be your pride. It could be your unwillingness to love others unconditionally. You know that's sinful to not love others the way Christ loves you, that is sinful. That's what the Bible says. So don't come up, don't come in here and think, one, that you're not going to hear the truth. But number two, don't come in here and think that you're alone in your sanctification. We're all working it out here this morning. Let me tell you where it starts. And this is, it starts here. I could sit up here and I could preach my opinion all day long, but your transformation lies here. And the reason we know false teaching when we hear it is because we know his word. And not what we hear on TV, not what we hear on that podcast we love listening to. But you don't know my favorite preacher, Pastor. He's so good. He, he just says things that makes me feel great. Listen, you ha it has to balance out with this. And look, you can check me on it. I encourage you to. Leave here. Check me on anything I say today. Now, so they're lazy gluttons, which could be applied to me from time to time. Okay? I love to eat. We've got stuffed peppers, which I'm not... I love the stuff in the stuffed pepper, but not the pepper. I'm not a big pepper fan. We got stuffed peppers afterwards. So I've got to wrestle my lazy, gluttonous self sometimes because I enjoy eating and then taking a nap afterwards. And then doing it all over again and again and again. Hey, don't 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 overlook your sin this morning. Now, this is true, Paul said. So what do we do? What do we do when we find we have a false teacher amongst us? What do you think we do? He says it right here in verse 13. This is true. Reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith. The very first, the, when you handle false teaching, you have to handle it directly. There's no roundabout way to do it. You have to 
eye to eye, person to person, reprimand them sternly. You know what, the, what this means in the Greek? It literally means to cut out with a knife. I love that. It's, it almost sounds like Chewbacca over here on the left. She is so sweet. Hey, you know, there was a time when we didn't have babies in this church. I'll take a Chewbacca baby over everything this morning. She's so beautiful. Reprimand sternly means to cut out with a knife. And let me overemphasize just for a moment. This does not mean cut out the person. Churches are infamous for people finding out somebody's in sin or living the wrong way or believing the wrong thing and say, we don't want you around here. I've seen it, witnessed it. It's happened here in the past. It's happened at churches I grew up in. I've seen it in the church. We cannot live that way. We cannot live in a way that looks at someone who's still trying to figure it out. All these Cretans were new Christians. He had to find elders amongst new Christians. Can you imagine? So, but you have to handle it directly, and it has to be cut out with a knife. It, it paints this picture of being surgical. Reprimand them sternly. And so the second thing is, so we approach it directly, but we push in. We don't push away. We push in, not away. What is the goal? To make them strong in the faith. The goal of correction is to lovingly push people towards the gospel and gospel community. If you come here and you've heard some weird things growing up, we're not going to kick you out because of it. In fact, I'm going to get close to you. You think you can cut someone with a knife? And look, I'm not physically going to cut you with a knife, okay? We don't go around here cutting folks for believing wrong things. But what I can tell you is that in order to surgically remove and reprimand, it, 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 it requires closeness. The other thing the church has, has sinned in is that we want to reprimand people from a distance. We want to stand far back and, 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 and just say, oh, you shouldn't do that. The Bible knows nothing of discipleship from a distance. The, the Bible knows nothing of it. They must stop listening, verse 14, to Jewish myths and commands of people who have turned away from the faith. And I'm going to get ready to close here in a second. Verse 15 says, Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are corrupted. What does this mean? This is actually a proverb. This means that a little bit will spoil the well. So if you're pure and your motives are pure and you're getting it right, everything's pure. Okay? Everything's pure. But... But if I were to take, let me think about this. I don't know if you like pickles in your brownies. Anybody? Anybody? Let me just poll. Pickles and brownies? 
Huh? Sweet pickles. You would do that? Oh, I was going to say, let's all pray. Man. If I put, if I make a batch of brownies and I stir in just a little bit of pickle juice, you going to eat any brownies? This is the picture painted here. To the pure, if, it, if it's just freshly cooked, gooey, chocolate brownies, the whole batch is going to be great. But if you mix a little bit of something wrong, you lose the whole batch. Hear me today. False teaching, false gospels, it's important to understand and know and recognize because that little bit will end up spoiling and leading you down a bad road. Which leads me to this last thing. Such people claim to know God, but deny Him by the way they live. Can, you can I tell you my heart for you today? Everybody's going to leave here saying, man, I've never heard a sermon on false teaching. Well, here it is. Three things. You can write these down. Realize there are three things I want you to know. Realize there are false teachings. There, there are false teachers. You need to understand that they are dangerous and not to be played with. And the whole point of having elders here is because the last thing, we need to deal with it. We have to deal with it. And let me tell you how I think you can deal with it. If you have friends that believe weird things, we need to surround ourselves with people who know the Word of God. If you do not have friends in your life who will speak Scripture into your heart, not speak their opinion, because I've got lots of friends with lots of opinions. I need people in my life, and you need people in your life, that when it comes to spiritual things and life things, that they are preaching the true Word of God into you. This is how you know it. This is how we know false teaching when we see it. It's because the gospel will reveal it. The word of God will reveal the truth. And what does the Bible say about the truth? The truth will set you free. Today, we're going to take communion. So as the guys come forth. And what we remember in taking communion is that we have been set free. And the sacrifice that it took for us to get there. So today, as Kirsten sings and they pass out the elements, um, if you're a believer in this place, we invite you to partake with us. If you are not a believer today and, and you're like, oh, this is weird, they're about to do something weird, this is family business. Uh, so if you're an unbeliever in here, you don't have to take communion. Um, this, as a matter of fact, it's really not for you. Um, that's not to exclude you, but you can kind of sit and watch and see. But what we're doing is we're remembering the price Jesus Christ paid for us to have eternal life. And the most beautiful thing about it is when you recognize how much he covered for you.
how much he paid for on the cross for you. So you guys can go ahead and come forward and take these. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.